Welcome to This Week in the Warner Archive Collection, where we discuss our newest releases. I'm George Feltenstein, and I'm proud to be joined by my colleagues, Matt Patterson and D.W. Ferranti. A scintillating sextet of new additions to the Warner Archive Collection are the subject of this week's Warner Archive podcast. First, we always like to shout from the rooftops when we have a new Blu-ray release, but this week we don't just have one, we have two. From Allied Artists it came. It was a horror epic that has gone on to become legendary in many arbors. Yes, it is the Killer Tree movie from Hell It Came from 1957. Newly remastered, beautiful 1080p HD, new 2K scan, just for you in time to say the magic word. Tabunga? That's right! So, From Hell It Came is our first new Blu-ray this week, and our second new Blu-ray this week is as different as From Hell It Came can be, but equally entertaining in a very different way. It's the Wheeler Dealers, and they are none other than James Garner and Lee Remick as the seductive couple that will melt your heart in this delightful con comedy from 1963 and the studios of Metro-Golden-Mare. So those are the two new Blu-ray releases, but wait, there's more. There's television. There is, in fact, season one of the series originally known as Paradise from 1988 and 89, starring Lee Horsley. Now, if you say, well, I've never heard of Paradise. Is that like Guns of Paradise? It's like, well, to answer that question is you're right, because this show, when it got into its third season, became known as Guns of Paradise, so people would realize it was a Western and not set in Hawaii. It turned out that season three was the final season of the series. The title change didn't affect its longevity, but for many, many years, we've had a lot of requests for this Western television series, Lee Horsley in Paradise, and we're bringing you season one on DVD. And then last but not least, we have three films, which are musical classics of the highest order, back in print from the RKO Studios. First, 1935's Roberta, then 1938's Carefree, and 1939's The Story of Vernon and Irene Castle, all of which star Mr. Fred Astaire and Miss Ginger Rogers. Meanwhile, we'll get the festivities going and celebrate the Blu-ray release of From Hell It Came. The 60th anniversary release. Oh my god, it's the 60th anniversary edition. If you out there are as excited as we are about From Hell It Came coming on Blu-ray, you should probably send us some bananas so we can give it to our monkey who actually does all our title picking. And don't forget the monkey that throws the dart. Actually, a bullseye right in the heart of Tabunga right itself. Right through the heart. And that released the the tree's reanimated spirit itself. When we released this in, what was it, 2009 on DVD, George? Or this, 2010? This, this was an early Warner Archive early. DVD release, yes. And when this came out, at the time I was like, well, this is it. This This is the version of this film we've all been waiting for. It was the first time in like widescreen and I thought it looked as good as this movie could possibly look and I was dead wrong. And that is because you are looking at it in standard definition. You know, but at the time I thought, how could this even hold up in HD? you wouldn't think that this would be a natural candidate for a Blu-ray release, but when our monkey throws a dart at the wall deciding what we should release, for some reason he picked From Hell It Came. Another reason he picked it is From Hell It Came is one of the biggest selling DVD 
titles in the Warner Archive collection. And given that genre titles are particularly popular with Blu-ray buyers, we are wanting to take advantage of the consumer demand and fulfill that demand. And we're not kidding. This is yeah. a, a very, very requested title. This is a film that lives up to its good, its bad reputation. It yes. also has, you know, uh, Tabanga, the grandfather of Groot, who was designed by the great monster maker Paul Blaisdell. He didn't actually make the suit, but he designed the suit. And there's a reason that, that it stays with you. This is a brand new master. Looks really, really good. And uh, I was uh, giving an interview today to a press person who asked the question, Allied artists, did they take really, really good care of their film elements? Because these, these Allied artist titles you've been releasing on Blu-ray look so gorgeous. In fact, Allied artists did not take nope. very good care of their film elements. We're very fortunate in that Warner Brothers motion picture imaging the wizards of ours as I like to call them they do take very good care of creating good masters and getting rid of all the muck and mire that stand in the way from getting an old film like this 60 years old that's new compared to some of the other films in our in yes. our library given that we have films from the 1920s even from the teens this is a newbie in comparison to child that growing but from nonetheless from hell it came looks remarkably good and I think the greatest compliment we ever had given the success of our, our Blu-ray releases is uh, you know From Hell It Came is already among the best sellers of our Blu-rays and it hasn't even streeted yet. It's like a party in a box. It's a killer tree movie. That's all you need to know and it is short and sweet and fun and uh, it's the kind of thing that just really makes black and white look beautiful on oh. Blu-ray for a whole different set of reasons than an other kind of movie. I even loved the boring scenes in the beginning. Like you mean the moody it. scenes. Yeah, the moody scenes were fantastic. I'd never really paid too much attention to them before in this film. And there's a shower scene. Oh, there certainly is. Now our next film that is making its Blu-ray debut is also a film that arrived on DVD courtesy of the Warner Archive collection when we first started remastering titles. And uh, we did indeed create a new master for the Wheeler Dealers about five or six years ago when we made its DVD debut. However, for Blu-ray, we want everything to be the very best and that meant going back to the original elements again and creating an all new 2017 master that takes advantage of not only the comedic screenplay and the wild goings on that make this a hell of a lot of fun from the 1960s but amply shows off the great talents of the stars Warner Archive favorites James Garner and the beautiful Lee Remick. Now, this movie has a great cast. This movie also has great art direction. Oh, if you beautiful. are perhaps a fan of the recently wrapped up AMC production Mad Men, oh, yeah. you should watch Wheeler Dealers because you can see that this film is one of the style guides that they drew upon when creating that. Especially in the multi color palette. Yeah, in the color palette. And what, what's kind of fun about this is they have a striking contrast between the actual uh, financial agency, which looks all old-fashioned and has an old palette, and then when you get to the flashy Texans 
and the apartment of the ladies. Yes, in short, yes, it's a con comedy. Uh, Lee Remick plays a career girl who's being set up to fail because they don't, Ooh. essentially sex discrimination. Yeah. She's a powerful woman in a in a male-dominated industry and they want to get rid of her and not pay her salary. So they give her an impossible job, but she meets a group of uh, Texas Wheeler dealers headed by James Garner and uh, together they make money magic. James Garner is his very, very charming maverick self in this film. Yeah, it, it mm-hmm. reminds me in a way of, but even better, than Cash Recall, which yeah. James Garner mm. did with Natalie Wood in 1960. While he was at, toward the end of his maverick TV days, that was one of the movies that Garner made movies in between seasons of Maverick as he was becoming such a big star. And Cash Recall's a really, really good movie. The Wheeler Dealers is just that cut above that makes it quite relevant even today, even though the attitudes of the era are very much making it a period piece. Mm -hmm. The relationship between the characters and the freshness and the wit of the dialogue make it fully enjoyable and you get to enjoy all its Panavision Metrocolored glory in this beautiful new Blu-ray transfer. And we should mention that it was directed by Arthur Hiller. Great Arthur Hiller who would work with James Garner a year later on another Warner Archive Blu-ray and DVD release. The Americanization of Emily. And you can really see where he, he slides. Because this is kind of more mavericky, and then mm-hmm. he kind of slides into the later James Garner. You know, this is, but this is a great bridge between. Also, he had just come off of Warner Brothers, right? And this is, it goes into his MGM streak. This is where he was making movies at, at various studios. Various studios. Uh, but had definitely done pictures for MGM. He also was in The Thrill of It All at Universal mm-hmm. with Doris Day. He was working all, all around town. Uh, he was the go to guy because he was charming and appealing. Appealing to both men and women, and uh, do you really know anyone who doesn't like James Garner? You could even say that James Garner really, for his era, epitomized what you would call the new male. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's a good... He's smart and sensitive and kind, but not necessarily true blue. Yeah, he and he could play lots of different roles. I mean, you could draw a line between like James Garner and Han Solo. Absolutely could, and you see, you see that here because they both uh, fly around in aircraft. <laughs> yes, between <laughs> deals. <laughs> There's nothing chewy about James Garner, sorry. But anyway, The Wheeler Dealers and Lee, uh, starring James Garner and Lee Remick, now available from the Warner Archive collection in both Blu-ray and DVD, with the Blu-ray being the new release, the brand new master, and we highly recommend it. Now to the land of television and what we now must refer to as classic television, because this is a series that is nearly 30 years old. That would make it classic television. It's 29th anniversary release. That's right. This is paradise no it isn't set on a polynesian uh, island it is in fact a western series and it stars lee horsley and this is the first of three seasons and i thought this was a really terrific show you know this falls this is one of these shows that we've released that comes from the era when of course i wasn't watching television at all Mm -mm. so of course i know who lee horsley is but i was not aware of this show Uh, i had no memory of paradise much less guns of paradise it's a very surprising show i mean the basic premise is you know it's a very realistic authentic western Mm -hmm. but then it throws in a very modern idea of like this guy being a single parent 
and a gunslinger, which is essentially set up as the main character, Lee Horsley's character, Alex Cord, his uh, sister gets sick and cannot take care of her children, and he ends up... She packs him on a train. Yeah, he ends up with an instant family while he's still a gunslinger for hire. So it sort of mixes the family life and authentic frontier stuff with the Western action. And interestingly, they set this in the 1890s, so this is sort of the end of an era. And so it's like about the settling in of the West. And knock wood, when we release subsequent seasons, uh, there's a very exciting crossover that I'm just going to leave that hanging out oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm looking forward to that because I, I was reading about it. I didn't uh, see this series either. And Lee Horsley, I've enjoyed his rec- more recent performances. in the For Quentin- Mr. Tarantino, yeah, yes. like because he's been in uh, Django Unchained and Hateful Eight. So seeing him younger in this TV show, it's kind of like, even though it's late 80s, it's a very almost 90s show. Like now it would be a dramedy. What does a gunslinger do when he has a family? But it's handle the tone is very realistic. It feels very real and it's got some humor in it, but it also has gunslinging action. It has some pretty uh, surprising uh, Western violence. Yes. For a television program of its era. This has been heavily requested since we started the Warner Archive Collection, so we finally can bring it your way. So go to your computer now and order your copy of Paradise Season 1 today. Now we want to briefly talk about three classic musicals, all of which star Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, which have been out of print until recently and now are back in print. The first of them is Roberta from 1935, the adaptation of the famous stage musical that also actually stars Irene Dunn and Randolph Scott. In fact, Irene Dunn is really the leading lady of the movie, and Randolph Scott is really the romantic lead, and RKO had purchased the Broadway show with the intention of making it as a, you know, straight musical adaptation, but they rewrote it and redevised things a little bit so that they could beef up the parts played by Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers and really give them almost equal screen time. There are some very famous famous songs uh, by Jerome Kern, including Smoke Gets In Your Eyes. But there was also a wonderful song that was written especially for this movie called I'll Be Hard to Handle. And uh, that was written for Ginger Rogers to perform in this movie. And uh, I Won't Dance. I believe was also added for the movie. And this film actually left the portals of RKO a few years after it was made and was sold to MGM to be remade, which it was eventually as lovely to look at in 1952. And this 1935 version of Roberta with Fred and Ginger was out of view and out of sight for Mm. decades because of that. And it wasn't until the early 70s that MGM liberated the original Roberta and put it back into release so that everybody could see it and it has been available on all home video formats since then and not not yet on blu-ray but it's back in print on dvd as is the next fred astaire and ginger rogers movie we're going to talk about carefree from 1938 with a score by irving berlin and a different kind of fred and ginger movie in that it deals with psychoanalysis analysis i should say and it's also perhaps the most overtly comic of their films. It's the wackiest. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the most carefree of them. I think Ginger Rogers does a lovely turn in this. She's an excellent comedic actress. Oh yeah, one of the best. 
super this like not only shows off singing and dancing but her comedic chops as well it's a terrific movie and uh, every uh Astaire rogers movie seemed to introduce a or almost everyone a particular kind of dance step you had the continental in flying down to rio mm-hmm. and you had the picolino in top hat and you had the continental of course in the gay divorcee so for this movie Irving Berlin came up with The Yam. (laughs) And uh, there's actually a a Fred Astaire uh, commercial recording where he does the yam on one side and then he actually does the yam step as a dancing record on the other side. But uh, this film was not the big box office success that Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers movies usually were. What's also notable about it is it's oft rumored that part of it had been shot in color. There's a song in the film called I Used to Be Colorblind and it's a dream sequence. The legend is that that was filmed in color but ultimately released in black and white. But I don't know of anybody who's found any concrete proof that it was ever filmed in color. Last but not least, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers decided it was time to part company as a team, eventually to be reunited 10 years later at MGM, but they didn't know that at the time in 1939. And so their final and ninth film together at RKO was the story of Vernon and Irene Castle. And Vernon and Irene Castle were a real-life dance team in the early part of the 20th century. And uh, Vernon Castle was tragically killed at a young age. This film was made under the auspices and watchful eye of his widow, Irene Castle. And they were famous for inventing a dance called the Castle Walk. And that is all recreated yeah. in this film. So it's a very different kind of Astaire Rogers movie because it isn't filled with the kind of wacky, witty raconteur and the usual character supporting performances. It's more of a straight on story because it's based on real life events. But like if you were going to pick two people to play these two better, roles, exactly. like it's, they fit so naturally into this biography film that you almost forget it and then of course you start dreading the tragic ending that you know is coming. Yeah. So it, it was a different film for them to do but it was a, a time when they decided after this film that they would move on to other things. Fred Astaire himself went to MGM and met Eleanor Powell along the way and decided to make a little thing called Broadway Melody of 1940 whereas Ginger stayed at RKO where she remained for several more years and decided to win an Oscar for for herself playing Kitty Foyle. These three Fred and Ginger movies are now back in print on DVD from the Warner Archive Collection along with our newest new releases, the Paradise Television Series Volume 1, and of course our two new Blu-rays from Hell It Came and the Wheeler Dealers. So that wraps up this week's Warner Archive wait, Collection George, podcast. Wait, George, wait. I was going oh, to say it. But I wanted to tell you I have good news and I have bad news. Well, the good news is you're going to tell people where they can send letters if they want to correspond with us. Please send your letters to Warner Archive Podcast, 3400 Riverside Drive, B160-4, Burbank, California, 91522. Now, there's also a piece of good news, which is... That goes along with that good news, because if you send us a letter... We've got a poster, an exclusive poster, which we've talked about in great detail in the past two podcasts. Dan, what what is the poster? It is a neo-vintage in terms of it really is from the 70s, but it was a reproduction 
in the 70s for the re-release of one of the most terrific action movies ever made, The Dirty Dozen. And in honor of The Dirty Dozen's 50th anniversary, we're not re-releasing the same Blu-ray and DVD in a new box like people used to do around here. We don't do that anymore. Instead, what was out there before is still available and you can buy it anytime you want. Still good. And you can get it digitally as well. But what we are doing to celebrate the anniversary is we are offering people who send us a letter to our podcast a free 27 by 41 original 1973 international reissue poster of the 1967 film The Dirty Dozen. It's the same exact artwork that was used on the original 1967 posters. So it's a really great opportunity and certainly worth your time to take out a piece of paper, take out a crayon. Well, we'll we will take a letter written on on a typewriter and or a, a printer or even using a pen to paper. You can send those letters to the address that Matt just gave and we would love for you to send them our way via the mailbox. And a few of you have, but the bad news is I left them on my desk. We were planning to read you not one, not two, but three letters. Three three uh, letters that were sent to us before people knew we were giving away vintage, valuable posters. So that only tells you that more letters are on the way for you loyal podcast listeners. We want more. We want more. Join in the party. Send us a letter and ask us questions about current and future and past. Warner Archive activities. We're always anxious to hear from our listeners. So that wraps up this week's One Archive podcast, but fear not, we will be back next week with a very exciting lineup of new releases. Until that time, I'm George Feltenstein. I'm Matt Patterson. I am Tabanga. Thanks for listening and look forward to the next Warner Archive podcast. <laughs>